The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. The pen is mightier than the sword, and I'm ready to battle. I may not have killed anyone, but bitch, I slay. <laughs> I knew it was going somewhere, and I was I was already overwhelmed. I just need to start with that. We were starting at an 11. And I'm really here for it. You guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode 500 something. I don't know. Leave me alone. And I'm so excited for this return guest as we continue our tradition of me asking this person to record about 15 seconds before we actually do. And I love that continued journey for us. So welcome back to Andy's Girls, founder and president of the Real Housewives Institute, author of the New York Times bestseller, The Housewives, the real story behind the Real Housewives, Dame Brian Moylan. Mr. President, how are we? I'm so good. I don't know what what's worse, that you never have anyone to record with at the last <laughs> minute or that I never have anything to do at the last minute. And I'm always like, sure, girl. <laughs> Wait, so here's the thing. So this is like dead ass because I would tell you this is de- the dead ass truth is I used to book like weeks and sometimes months in advance. And then I stopped doing that. And I have found myself I don't know if it's like, because I love the thrill of the rush or whatever. But I really do now Honestly, not at all points, but at many points, I'll I'll finalize the recording like shortly before because I'm so blessed to have a bunch of people who I love, whose opinions I respect, who I want to talk to. So it's not that anyone fell through. I am just truly that unprofessional. And so (laughs) I'm so I literally was like, what kind of energy do I just personally, personally, selfishly need in my life? And I thought, Brian Moylan. Brian Moylan's the one. I'm here for you. I am here for you. And can we talk about a scripted television program for a moment? Ew. What? The, the Super Bowl? What? No, ew. No, please. <laughs> I did have to rank the halftime show. That was like plenty. Which you did um, for Vulture, right? Where people which I did for Vulture. Okay, great, 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 great. Yes, every year I'm like a Housewives and Super Bowl halftime show expert? <laughs> question mark. <laughs> um, have you heard of the show Escort Boys? That's on Amazon. Wait, now I'm just remember. I I have it, and I'm also remembering that you are the person who introduced me to Love Island. So I am ready for whatever journey you're about to take me on. So tell me about um, it. Escort Boys is a scripted television program about a gentleman who lives in the French countryside and to save the family honey farm, he and his friends become escorts. He himself becomes a honeypot. Look at him. He himself becomes a honeypot. And it's like, I was watching it last night being like, oh, I have to talk to Sarah Galley tomorrow. And I was like, (laughs) she should know about this show. 
Because it's like both terrible and wonderful at the same time. Like it's so dumb and it's so badly acted and it's like dubbed into English. But also the guys are so fucking hot and it's so raunchy and like campy and amazing. I, if next time you need a break from the housewives, go check out Escort Boys. That's my recommend. That's my gift to you today. Is that like the Netflix show? I think it was during COVID. Everybody was obsessed with it. And it was just like a woman fucking like she was like with her maybe husband or somebody and then somebody else. And then she had to choose between like which fuck she liked more. Uh, Kind of. But it's like more naked dudes. I mean, and the guys are like really hot. I also watched the first episode of Summer House last night. Oh, and how was that without breaking the embargo so that Bravo doesn't murder us? How <laughs> without was that? breaking the embargo, there's a new gentleman named West in the house, the hottest. Like, and even the girls in the house are like, oh yeah, West can fuck. And I'm like, yes, West can fuck. He's like, oh, he's perfect. He's like a blonde Brock Shay, Sheena Shay's husband. Oh, and we think that's a good thing. Like, is I he think dumb? that's a good thing. Is he dumb or are we just talking in looks? He looks um, I'm talking in looks. I don't think he's as dumb as Brock, but okay. um, and he has like get, he has like swag. So he's like a little bit bigger and blonde and has a mustache. And you're just like, yes, West, take every morsel. So can I ask you a question? Because I think it's going to be potentially a hot, a hot season for the Bravo community to discuss on social, let alone have opinions about um, on the DL. What what is your current feeling about Carl and Lindsay and the, you know, ever evolving or ever the the different opinions that they both are expressing about the dissolution of their relationship? Well, I mean, I haven't seen anything but the first episode and th they, uh, spoiler alert, they aren't, they don't go to the house the first weekend. So they're not in the house. So they don't really play a prominent role yet in the first okay. episode. Um, so I, this is based on nothing I've seen so far, but, um, I mean, we've seen Lindsay in enough relationships to know how Lindsay is in a relationship and based solely on that, I'm saying Carl bullet dodged is what I'm saying. And I feel like the season is really just gonna show us exactly that. So you moderated the Summer House panel at BravoCon. You did yeah. such an exceptional job. It was also Thank like, you. not to, you know, potentially freak out prior to the panel, but I'm pretty sure I did say something to you along the lines of like, this is going to be the most intense panel that everyone's going to be watching <laughs> aside from Scandaval. Like, this is truly like the must-see TV of IRL events. Um, if you had a question that you could ask either of them now, is there something that comes to mind that you didn't necessarily know then? I don't think so. Just because I feel like I, you know, the great thing about these shows is we get to see what happened and like make our own judgments, you know? And 
uh, yes, it's produced and you know, blah, blah, blah. But I think we both know that enough of it is real that we're going to get a chance to see it. So I feel like I might have more reunion questions for Carl and Lindsay, but I feel like I asked everything I wanted to at the panel, which is just like, how are you guys doing? How are you getting through it? You know, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of the season with Carl and Lindsay. And I'm wondering where you're at with Carl and Lindsay heading into the new season. I, I am curious as to what we are going to see about their relationship and how much of a surprise this will be to Lindsay when it all falls apart. Like, I wonder for Lindsay, it, it could genuinely, you know, like Carl's been saying things of like, you know, it shouldn't have been that much of a surprise. We were going through stuff. And I just think for Lindsay, it's possible it could genuinely be a true shock because I think her barometer for being in sort of toxic or stressful relationships or dealing with things that you probably should be taking a closer eye at of like, should this, should we really be doing this is, uh, it's it's probably not in line with Carl's measurement. And I think Lindsay yes. has an established history of engaging in a certain way and behaving in a certain way in relationships that I would think, and it's not entirely her responsibi responsibility, but just to say, like, I just think she thinks of things as like, quote unquote, normal that Yes. ideally are not. So I think it's entire I think they both might be right in how they encapsulate the breakup in terms of like she could I think genuinely say this was an absolute shock to me how dare he and I think he could genuinely say I can't believe she didn't understand that this wasn't going to be able to move forward because of what we were dealing with at the time. No, I I totally get what you're saying in that <clears throat> excuse me, that, yeah, they can both be right in their perception of it. Yeah. And, yeah, but, I mean, it never seemed like that great of a union ever to me. Yeah, I mean, I didn't see, I really only saw, was it last season that I only saw the reunion of? There was, like, some recent season where I was like, this is not good TV and I don't feel like I need to force myself to watch this thing that I'm not enjoying. Um. It felt like they really were, their love was always at an 11. And I think that's sort of a warning yeah. sign. But their response seemed to be, well, we've been best friends for so long. Why can't we immediately say that each other is the one? And there is an argument there that I that I understand. I just think, I don't know. I, I think with like in his sobriety and her returning to drinking and her behavior when she was drinking, I just think from a lifestyle perspective... It just the timing was was truly not great. Um, I get all of that. But what I do like about Summer House, as opposed to a lot of the other shows, is you can tell these people are actually friends and hang out and spend time with each other. And that a lot has passed since last time they filmed. Whereas with the Housewives, sometimes it feels like, oh, girl, I haven't even talked to you since cameras went, you know, 
I talk to you when we film and at reunions and that's it, you know? And so that's what I like about these younger shows like them and Vanderpump. Like you can tell they're really legit. And so Carl and Lindsay have been going through a lot. I mean, they only film like two months a year. So they got 10 months of shit that we're not even seeing. So I'm, I am excited to catch up with my television friends. I love Summer House so much. Even when it's bad, it's good. I love it. <laughs> well, I think that's good. I think it's good to like have a relationship with a show like that where you can sort of understand and and almost even respect the lows that come with the highs because how else can you appreciate these really great moments, <laughs> including, I guess, the breakup of two people who they thought were, they were going to get married <laughs> get to watch that on television. What a high Woo! for us and everything well, else. Well, I was... <laughs> I was saying this about Drag Race in that Drag Race. Uh, do you watch Drag Race? I don't. I've seen like maybe I've seen like maybe two All Star seasons and maybe another one, but I couldn't tell you anything that happened on anything. Well, the thing about Drag Race is that the queens are now all at a certain level where it's fairly consistently like good. You know, like it, it never. It's always of a certain quality. Like it never gets better. It never gets worse. It's always just like Drag Race. And what I love about the Bravo shows is, and this is a quote from you in my book, is that like, you know, you have to weather the bad to get through the good. But even when you're weathering the bad, like you know, there's an amazing season coming eventually. And so I do like that kind of ebb and flow we get with natural real life where some seasons are good, some seasons are bad, but you go through the bad ones to get to the great ones, you know? Okay, so that's a perfect transition in my head to Vanderpump Rules because I was out of town last week and they don't have Bravo in Rhode Island. Just kidding. I just like didn't want to watch for a couple of days. So I just watched the new last week's Vanderpump Rules this morning. And I'm curious for your reaction to this sort of, I don't know, kind of like Scandival companion piece, which I think is what this season is going to be like, are you enjoying watching it? What's your exhaustion level and your interest level? From uh, it's interesting because I, I think we're seeing with a lot of fans um, and, you know, commenters on my recaps, I'm reading on Twitter, people like, oh, they need to get over it. Ariana needs to get over it, blah, blah, blah. When, you know, this is just a what we're seeing currently was filmed just a few months after the whole scandal broke. So obviously, I think it's, you know, last year it was as intense for them as it was for us because we were all going through it at the same time. And now we're on like different schedules. So I think that things are more intense for them in the moment than what than what we're feeling watching it, which I think is a disconnect. But also, I, I, it's hard because it's never going to be as good as Scandival, right? But I think that Scandival made the show turn a corner where they're now all so much more popular. And there's no more pretending that these people are anything but reality stars. And so you're saying, like, seeing James be like, I can't go to that event because I have a sold out show tonight, you know? Ariana's like, Tom's not here. He's filming this other show. And we know Ariana's about to go into Dancing with the Stars. So it's like everything's on a different level. And I'm enjoying that level of like, what's a reality show about reality stars like? And it's this season of Vanderpump Rules. And I'm enjoying that at the moment. 
am I going to en- enjoy a whole season of that? TBD. It is a little like, and no disrespect to RuPaul's Drag Race, but it is a little like All-Stars. It's a little RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. Like these people have become personalities in a way that is very different from how I at least viewed them prior to Scandaball because they've just erupted into the kind of greater pop culture universe. Yeah, and it's interesting like seeing them all deal with this traumatic thing that happens to to them. I found myself distracted at points um, when it came to like watching the show and thinking about producer involvement because Mm -hmm. there were just elements where I was like, this feels flawed in a way, not flawed, but it just felt, I don't don't know, maybe it's because we were writing like, we were riding so high and so hard off of the scandal. We were seeing these people react in real time, going on, watch what happens, you know, Instagram stories, send it to Daryl, like all that shit. Everything was going yes. viral. And a lot of it was based in genuine reaction. And then I'm watching G- DJ James Kennedy accept Tom's invite to his birthday party because he's like curious about what the guy has to say. And then watching Schwartz attempt to say that there's tension between him and Sandoval, which like I wish was true, but don't fully believe. And I'm just watching these moments and I'm just thinking to myself, like it feels like there's other narrative help here from production. It does not feel organic. And that is kind of what I'm either distracted by or just simply focused on. No, agree. Like Lala in the alley sending Rachel a voice note. It's like, and that's the thing is, is, and I, I have always chalked it up to Lisa Vanderpump's involvement is that there is a fakeness about Vanderpump rules that you don't see on the other housewives shows. And I think that last season was a so good and B, I think they re they were editing it knowing what the end point was, which was Scandaval. And so I feel like last season, they didn't need all that fakery. Like the thing I always remember is when Lisa made Tom pay her in ones for like his stake in the bar. Do you remember this? And like Tom came in with a suitcase of $1 bills to like give them to Lisa, you know? And it was like, this whole hokey thing that they totally planned. And you're like, what the fuck? And because we had Scandaval, we didn't need any of that last season. Even if they did it, I don't think they were showing it to us. And now we're back to that Lisa Vanderpump meddlesome production. And yeah, and it's a little like, girl, we we flew too close to the sun and now we know what this looks like. I mean, speaking of things that are like fake and forced, There is something honestly interesting about watching Sandoval because you would think that he would come into the season and want to perform remorse. And he truly has dug in his heels and to me does seem to genuinely believe that he is the victim of the Sandoval. Like he genuinely is the victim of his own poor behavior and really, truly won't give an inch in any other direction. Like not when it comes to the restaurant, not when it comes to Ariana. It's it is kind of fascinating to watch this man continue to reveal himself as just morally decrepit. 
<laughs> well, it's also interesting to me, though, where like um, Tom Schwartz is like, oh, I didn't think Sandoval wouldn't be involved in the restaurant at all. And it's like, you all told him not to show up. <laughs> like, you told him he's not welcome here. And then you're like, oh, but I want you doing more. No, that doesn't make any sense. And and I can see how, if you're Sandoval, how you end up being the victim in all this, because I think people are treating him really shitty. And, it, like... I'm giving eyes. Some of that is deserved. Like, what he did to Ariana is bad. But, like... And I think this happens to a lot of the reality people is they get it so badly online that they can't separate that from what really happened. Does that make sense? Yeah, but also alternatively, they get it so badly online that they use that as a reason to shield themselves from having to, you know, portray true ownership. True, but I think that because of how badly they get it online, that's all they're considering. Like, I, they're just considering the like hate and death threats and kill yourself and whatever that they're getting, then they can't think about what they actually did to get there. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I feel like the same thing happened to Erica. Erica was like, you're being so mean to me. I can't think about what I'm doing because I'm thinking about what you're doing to me. Yes, which is a which is a genuine, honest reaction that a person can also subvert and use as a form of manipulation to, you know, uh, delay any kind of uh, understanding of accountability or other people's pain. Because if we're only listening to the trolls and these terrible things that no one should ever be sending, let alone receiving you can use that as the shield of like, well, everybody is coming at me this way. Or because people are telling me that I'm a cunt or whatever, I don't need to focus on anything else. Like you you become the victim in whatever way you would like. Some of that might be genuinely based on reality, but there are other elements at play here that I think end up sort of defending that person who I think deservedly should be in the hot seat. Like, you can't say because people are saying terrible things, I shouldn't be in the hot seat at all, which I think is what Erica is saying to Garcelle and Sutton right now, which I am not into. Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. 
Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Ops. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. Um, I agree with what you're saying, but I don't think that either uh, Sandoval or Erica is like using, especially Sandoval is thinking like, oh, this is my way in. Like now that people are mean to me, I'm going to uh, use this as a strategy, you know, or I'm going to use this as a shield. Like, I don't think that there's deviousness behind it. I just think it's, their kind of reaction to getting this outpouring of hatred from fans. I I agree with you when it comes to Erica. Like, I think that 
Erica is Erica's intent might not be to consciously say, oh, well, they're saying things about me so I can use that. I do think there's some sort of like subconscious thing happening there at play. And I think regardless, the impact of what she's saying still matters with Sandoval. I don't know. I I honestly don't know if there isn't a part of him that is aware of what he's doing when he's doing it. Like, I, I, I don't want to give him that much credit of saying, like, these things are, I don't know. I think he's, I do think he's caught up in his own web, but it's a web he created and continues to maintain. But there was a moment in the first episode where all the girls are out at girls night and, you know, and they're talking about, like, unpacking all of the manipulation that Sandoval did to them for all these years or whatever. And I think that Scandoval has given Sandoval a level of deviousness and agency that I don't think he's intelligent enough to accomplish. Like, I just think that he's kind of an asshole who's like stumbling into these things. I don't think he's smart enough to be like, well, if I tell Ariana this, then this is going to happen. You know, I think he's just like stumbling into this. I told I completely understand that. I really do. What do you think of Ariana's decision to say, you know, you can go fuck yourself. There's not going to be a birthday party here. I thought that the place they got to eventually was the right place to be, which is if they're going to decide, make the decision to continue living in this house together, it's going to take compromises from both of them. So, and Ariana was going to be a goth night anyway, or emo night. So it was like, why do you even care? So I would have been like, okay, well, I'm going to emo night. So as long as everyone is gone and the house is clean by one, when I get home, that's fine. But like, I don't think she could be like, no, you can't have a party here, but also still be there and also call the cops. Like you're going to call the cops on a noise complaint in your own house. Like, come on, like, let's get serious. Like, I honestly didn't know that was a thing that you could do if it's in your own house. I mean, I guess anybody I don't think can you do anything. Can. I, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know that that's a thing. I don't know that that, because it's like, who is this? I I would think whomever answers is like, LOL, tell the person that's on you. Like, this is your house. It's like, imagine calling 911 and being like, oh my God, it's so loud. My own stereo is so loud. That's not great. That's (laughs) not a great, it's not a great use of resources. It's not ideal. Yeah, that's crazy. So like, I get it. And, but also I mean, at some level, they're each choosing to continue to live in this house together for whatever reason, justified or otherwise. But this is a choice that they're making. And if you're making that choice, you have to deal with the consequences. And that is like you need to be a decent person. Yeah. And I think the problem here is that Ariana keeps expecting Tom to be decent and he's telling her repeatedly he has no interest in it and he's going to be. I think Tom is going to be aggressive and Ariana is going to be passive aggressive. And that's where I genuinely appreciated the kind of like meet that she had with Lala, who was, I think, essentially saying like, this man is getting off on making you uncomfortable and you are playing that game with him. So yeah. if you want to continue to attach to that. Some of this is you, you need to think about your reactions. 
But I think the opposite is also true. I think Ariana is also getting off on the ability to, to treat Tom like shit. Like, I think Ariana is enjoying this level of revenge that if you're in a normal couple that's not on reality television, she would have broken up with him and never talked to him again. And like, and, but she can't do that for a number of logistical and show business reasons. And so I think that in, in, in lieu of I'm never talking to you again, she's like, well, then I'm going to torture you forever and everybody will have my back because what you did to me was so bad i can do whatever i want to you and it's justified and there is something to be said for like whatever legal and financial advice she's been counseled of you know that people say her team essentially saying to her don't leave the house because when it comes to this fight we don't want you to be in a position where you can't claim equal ownership which i think is also balanced and countered by the fact that like he didn't give her a single moment of peace when she after she found out he was fucking rachel like he never gave her maybe for a night or two he found himself with schwartz or whatever else but he never did the thing he was always upset at his friends for not doing he all if that make i don't know if i said that correctly but like he was really upset when his friends would cheat on their significant others how dare they not move out but then he's repeating that yes. behavior and the difficulty with all of this is I totally understand that. I like understand the reasons why she is there, which you could balance with him yes. making the same argument. But she's also saying stuff on top of that of like, it's not fair that he gets the house. It's not fair, essentially, that he wins. And I I hope that one day she's at the point of thinking like, this isn't about fair. This is about moving on. Like you really yes. do need to disassociate from this man. And that means figuring out some sort of financial settlement that you feel like is fair, but understanding that a part of that is probably going to be him keeping the house, but you get to keep your life. I would argue that her life is so much more valuable and so much more yeah, uh, it's it's just there's a worth there for her to invest in a new life and completely disconnect from him. And if he quote unquote wins by getting the house, he still has to be himself living in that goddamn house. Like Valley Village yes. is not Beverly Hills. Valley Village is not Malibu. It's Valley fucking Village. Like, I know it's your dream house, but this is not your dream man. That's enough of a win. I feel the same way about what's happening with Lisa Hochstein currently on Miami, which is like, he's terrible. Get everything you deserve. It, you know, whatever. But also you need to protect yourself. And like at some point, your happiness and your sanity is worth a certain amount of money, <laughs> you know? And like, if that means walking away from some of it, I know it's easier to say than to do most likely, but you know, you need to, both of them, I think need to take care of themselves at some point and be like, my sanity is not worth being right and getting the money and whatever. 
And the reality is in both cases, both of these women went through terrible breakups, both really public at different levels for different circumstances due to different circumstances, but both found themselves seemingly in like significant relationships very shortly after. Yes. Yes. Yet while Ariana is with her new boyfriend, I do believe that Ariana has found herself like an independent life, noting the house stuff, noting the Tom stuff, noting the fact that like. Lenny isn't on Miami, but Tom obviously is on Vanderpump Rules. She's carved yes. out a life for herself and I think has found a worth for herself and meaning and and money and is like doing these things to set up her future. And I don't see that from Lisa, but they're also very yes. different people. So maybe yes. I can't have that same expectation because Lisa genuinely might not be interested in that kind of life. No, I agree with you. And it's interesting to me in that Ariana seemed to have found another man to for like comfort almost. And Lisa has found another man to continue the lifestyle that she feels like she's leaving behind. And and I think that they have done the same thing for vastly different reasons. Totally agree. And I also think that is a form of comfort for Lisa. Obvi I mean, yeah, like no, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Of like, I, knowing I'll still be able to buy Gucci bags if I'm fucking the world's Melius Canadian. <laughs> he just, I can't make heads or tails of uh, Jody. I, I, he seems like a nice guy. So like, that's great. But there's also. He seems like a bag of flour with a face painted on it. That's what Jody seems like to me. <laughs> if I'm being perfectly honest, like, yeah, like I'm sure he's a nice, great guy who makes a lot of money and whatever, but like, he doesn't seem and but I guess like compared to Lenny, who is the opposite of that, maybe you want a bag of flour with a face on it for a while. I mean, you want someone who you feel safe with. And I think yeah. she feels safe with him. The question for me is like, does he feel safe with her? Like, does he feel emotionally protected and like comforted by her? Is that a real ex realistic expectation? And like if it's not, how long is this Lisa going to be the Lisa that you're dating? Are we all hoping that Lisa will be a different Lisa? Like, what's that based on? Yeah. You met her at like the worst possible moment in her life. She's telling you and everybody else that like this is the darkest moment in her life. I believe her in that. But he's yes. assuming that when she gets to the other side of this, if she's able to, that she is going to be the kind of partner that's like invested in him emotionally and is going to want to communicate with him in a way that, in a in his love language. And I just don't know. I don't know that he's ever seen that from her. I don't know that she has capacity for it. Well, and it brings us back to what Heather Dubrow said to Gina uh, at the beginning of last season's Real Housewives of Orange County when they were talking about her and Matt and Travis. And Heather Dubrow was like, you can't keep talking to Travis about this Matt stuff. And I feel like that is true with both Ariana and Jason and Lisa and Jody, which is, yes, you're going through this horrible thing. You want to talk about it with your partner. You want support from them. But at some level, because it has to do with the ex, I can see both those guys being like, 
I'm sick of hearing about this. I'm sick of talking about this. I'm sick of his decisions in your past relationship affecting my current relationship, you know? And, and I feel like the women in Miami are all right in what they're saying to Lisa, which is, yeah, Jody's being patient now, but you better fucking watch it because you're about to take it too far. You mean Ariana and Daniel, right? Oh, Daniel. I thought his name was Jason. Daniel. I think it's Daniel. 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 But no, no, no. I mean, we haven't really seen him. So uh, like I I think of him more as like a figment on Ariana's social than someone that we've yes. really, really seen on the show, Um, which actually sort of because we're talking about like breakups and relationships and everything else. Did you see this sort of breaking news? Alleged. We don't even know if it's confirmed. I don't it hasn't been at the point in which we're recording this. Uh, Monday morning, but Larsa and Marcus rest in peace. I mean, well, we've seen how Larsa was after five days away from Marcus. Maybe he just took too long of a bathroom break and she unfollowed him on Instagram and was like, oh, he hasn't been back in 23 minutes. It's over. (laughs) You know that your relationship is like kind of wild when Marcus posts like photos or, or Instagram stories of the fact that he's watching the Super Bowl with his family, including his dad. And people are like, oh, my God, what a sick burn. This man is watching television with his family. If that is a fuck you to Larsa and I don't honestly disagree with it, that has to tell you something about how long term this relationship could be. Yeah. But know what? I have a feeling that Larsa and Marcus are one of those like breakup couples. Like we're going to get like seven of these before the real breakup, you know, like, oh yeah. Like I feel like they're, they're going to be mad at each other. And then in three days they're going to refollow each other and they're going to be back together. And then two months later again. And yeah, we're going to have to go through this a bunch, I think before we get to, a place of we're finally broken up. I mean, Larsa is not someone that I would want to upset the way that she just unfollowed him and then took to stories and was like, should my friends follow my ex? I mean, it felt he was still following her at that point. He, I don't even think he caught on until an hour later when he seemed to unfollow her. She removed every photo of him. Like, I don't know what happened, but it happened real fucking quick. Um, and I'm also not ready for Marcus Jordan to be gone from us because I am going to admit I have a huge crush on Marcus Jordan. You know what? He was really good on the traders. I thought he was really good. He could have been great. Could have been great. And he's just like big and has that deep voice and seems like really chill. I'm like very into Marcus. And so... I don't want him to to go back into entire obscurity. I don't know if I need him to keep dating Larsa, but like <laughs> I wouldn't mind if he was around. Get him on, get him on um Summer House Martha's Vineyard. And I also think, you know, listen, we saw a lot of him when it came to like him with Larsa. I need Larsa to fend for herself a little bit. I need Larsa to show up at events without a plus one. Same with Jody and Lisa, by the way. I need her to like activate. She has been using or or maybe she hasn't been using it, but the the reality is that 
Larsa dating Marcus has resulted in Larsa not needing to really deep dive into some of the drama this season and some of the conflict and some of the relationships. And I don't love these Miami plus ones because when we see the women all together, we get fireworks. And also Larsa is able to communicate really effectively when she's put in a position where she sort of has to, where she's like, she's actively listening. She doesn't actively listen when she's with her boyfriend and the rest of the women. She doesn't need to. And I need her to. Wait, does Larsa ever actively listen? I yes. mean, Larsa, come on. Larsa cannot hear a voice outside her own head. I'm sorry. Like, she is as self-involved as they come. She might be self-involved, but I think she's also, she's able to tell Lisa when Lisa's fucking up. She's also giving Lisa good advice about divorce stuff, legal stuff that I don't think Lisa has listened to. Like, Larsa, is Larsa self-involved? Yes, but that's not all of Larsa. Is Larsa an asshole? A hundred percent. Did Larsa fuck up with Gertie? Absolutely. Is Am I expecting Larsa to own up to any of that? A hundred percent I am not. But also in addition to that, (laughs) the thing that makes her like interesting to me on Housewives is that like she is also smart. She's like she's emotionally intelligent at some things and really not at others. And we saw that on Traders in a way like we've never seen it on Housewives Mm -hmm. where it was like, oh, Larsa might be paying attention more than we think. And Yeah, and I was very impressed with her on The Traders. I mean, she's a great villain. Like, she's just a terrible, awful person in a great way. (laughs) So I don't don't want Larsa to, like, wake up and become (laughs) well-adjusted. God forbid. God forbid. But, you know, yeah, it would be nice if Larsa would occasionally take some ownership, but I'm not. Holding my breath. I mean, the wonderful and infuriating thing is that, like, she won't. We just, we she just won't. know that. No. She won't. I, no, I would, she won't. She won't. I, I am curious how she handles the Gertie of it all when it comes to the reunion. I'm assuming. Yes. Not well, bitch. But, like, would I be incredibly pleasantly surprised if she comes to the realization genuinely that, like, telling a group of people that someone else has cancer is incredibly violating and also, like, completely removes any ounce of control that Gertie had left in who she wants to tell her health news to. It's it is wildly inappropriate. And I do think Larsa is going to triple down. Is it possible she'll like come? I think Andy at that point, honestly, is going to be really important. I really do. No. Yes. And I think Andy is going to need to be like Larsa. She has cancer because The crazy thing about Miami is they all fight the same way. Alexia, Lisa, Larsa, which is, I didn't do anything wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're the one who's wrong. I'm not wrong. You're wrong. And because of that, it makes it frustrating to watch these fights where no one ever thinks they're wrong. Um, But yeah, I don't think Larsa is going to have, I can see like a PR person being like, Larsa, you need to apologize for the cancer shit. It's bad. But I can't see Larsa ever getting it on her, like understanding why it's bad on her own. I don't think Larsa has people in her life telling her that. I just don't think she has those kinds of friends. I think it's like Teresa territory. Yes. 
Yes. No, I think you're completely right. And I think the same is true of all three of those women is that no one tells them they're wrong. And I think that that's their biggest problem is that like, you know, Marisol will tell Alexia she's wrong a little bit, but it's more like she has to go so far out, out of the way for Marisol to bring her back that it's not really meaningful. So which show is really getting your attention? Uh, noting that Summer House is on the horizon and everything else. Is there one franchise that's really owning your heart? Was it Salt Lake, which may its memory be a blessing this past season? What is it that you found really invigorates you or did invigorate you? I mean, Salt Lake was so great. And also I have the bonus of it. I don't recap it. So I get to watch it like a fan and like pay attention and like enjoy it and make jokes about it with my husband, the way housewives should be enjoyed. Um, but the <laughs> thing I perpetually do not understand is why more people are not watching Miami. Miami is the best we have to offer. It is so good. The cast is excellent. It's huge. It's diverse. We have a bunch of different women giving us a bunch of different things. We have our first ever cancer storyline with a housewife. I mean, it is kicking off in Miami. And the thing about Miami is it never gets too dark. Like even when we're dealing with cancer and breakups and divorces and whatever, there's still a levity and a unseriousness about it that I find very refreshing. I just love watching Miami and um, I don't know why everybody isn't more obsessed with it. Yeah, and Gertie deserves like every ounce of credit that she oh my God, honestly yeah. isn't receiving for what she is going through in real time during filming and then publicly. I mean, like not to discount, you know, Ariana's feelings because it's not apples to apples, but like what Gertie is experiencing with like what Larsa did to her. And the fact that she is truly fighting for her life and you can't get out of this kind of circumstance, like not that she wants to necessarily, but just to say, like, you have to deal with the bullshit and the insane fighting yes. and conflict and figure out a way to just sort of remain in that, but hopefully disassociate with it. And you're also dealing with this tremendous health challenge, which is incredibly serious and very prof profound. So the fact that Miami doesn't feel too quote unquote dark is I think a credit, not just to like um, Gertie's grace in all of this, but also yeah. to the enormity of how successfully she is battling so many different fights when it comes to fighting to protect her kids, fighting yes. to protect her husband, who's seemingly an angel sent from heaven above, trying to find a place with these women, trying to get through the physicality of filming. Yeah. Like, there are days where I don't have cancer and I just want to like stay in bed where the world is <laughs> right. too dark. Genuinely though. And it's like, this yeah. woman has every right to just kind of like turtle down and, and make her circle as small as possible. Because sometimes a small circle is incredibly important. She has to do the exact opposite because of of her job and the way she's navigating it, people don't give her enough credit. They just, they really don't. People, everyone should be watching Miami yeah. and people should be throwing Gertie a fucking parade. Well, and what I love about Miami is that there's always, whether it's Gertie's cancer, Lisa's divorce, whatever, there's always something that's so serious that 
when they have those stupid fights, like Gertie's listening to them fight about whether or not Anna should be in a brunch. And she's like, I can't deal with this. I can't deal with this. It's so dumb. So it's like you have something to throw the dumbness into relief. And for us to be like, oh, I'm glad they're having this dumb fight, but also this fight is dumb because Gertie's dealing with something real that is cancer and the rest of you are fighting about this. And so I think that it's, it's a, it's good peaks and valleys that you get the real stuff, you get the dumb stuff, you get the real stuff, making the dumb stuff look dumber and you get the dumb stuff, making the real stuff look realer. And I just love it all. And it really is. It's such a good season. And this is the thing of like, I don't want to compare it to Vanderbilt Rules because I don't think that's fair. But just to say that like last season was incredible and dealing with this like crazy stuff with Lenny and Lisa. And yeah. I don't even know that I had expectations for this season because I honestly have a lot of trust in Miami. But just to see how fucking entertaining the show continues to be. It's just so wildly good. And while I am a completionist with most franchises, not all of them and definitely not non-housewives, uh, Bravo shows, if you want to start with like, see what the first run was the first three seasons, right? And three. Then it was yeah. Year break. Yeah. And the first one was like super short and was yeah, like a, a different show. Right. Yeah. It was like the theme was like you go to each other's house and each person throws a dinner party. It was very weird. And you got to watch um, Marisol's then husband, like saran wrap fish. Like it was it put it in a ziplog and be like, oh my God, I'm a chef. Like, but. You do get to see Larsa's original face. Yeah, you get to see why Larsa was, to me, the worst, what, like, number one, one-and-done worst housewives of all time. And around terror. She was so bad at her job, and it was so frustrating and infuriating to watch. And to see how Larsa has become in, just inherently watchable feels ungodly. Like it's unbelievable. Unbelievable to Girl, me. Girl, she went to Kardashian school and she came out a winner. Like, I mean, some in a, in a way more of a winner than they did, at least for us, because she's, yeah, she's not, she's either willing to show us her flaws or completely unaware that they exist. And the thing with the Kardashians is they're overall, when it comes to like their TV, very, very, very aware, too aware. So the show, yeah. usually the interesting parts is like when they're coming to the realization that they're being too aware isn't good TV and then it becomes good TV. So Lars is like a fucking dove. I mean, she's just, she's just, I mean, she really, it's like a symbol of purity and goodness in the fact that she can be so incredibly unfortunate and ugly at points. I'm like, this doesn't, this is abnormal. People usually, you would think you would get cast for doing what Larsa does, but it just, it doesn't usually exist. People typically change or they Camille, they get crazy PR counsel and do a total right. 180. And for Larsa to continue to Larsa is, I mean, what a shining star. Genuine. Imagine if after 40 days and 40 nights of rain that Noah, instead of releasing a dove into the new world, released a Larsa Pippin, like what that would have done to all of creation. I mean... Things that we... Is she bl biblical? Are we saying that? I... I sure am. I sure see. That's the thing about Larsa is I cannot stand her, but I'm so glad I have her in my life. 
and the, and I I like yell about her and screech and whatever, but I also kind of love her. And it's like maybe her old face was Old Testament, and now we're in the new. Like maybe this is, this is her face is my again. Portion. She is she truly is my bat mitzvah haftora, and we are truly blessed as a result. Listen, Dame Brian Moylan, we didn't even scratch the surface of Beverly Hills, so that's my way of saying I'm getting your ass back because you know. I'm obsessed with you. You know I die. I'm obsessed with you. Your book somewhere here in the clothes, the center, right in back of a candle with His Holiness Saint Pedro Pascal, the Housewives Brian Moylan. It is the ultimate book on all things. Real Housewives and Bravo and more. And if you are interested, hopefully, in listening to this podcast because you like hearing about the psychology behind all of this, I mean, the book fully, fully deep dives into that kind of ethos. And you created this universe in how we talk about housewives, how you write about housewives. So I couldn't more highly recommend that AGs buy it and read it. And not just because I'm at the very end. The- <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're not in the very end. Same you made me three for quarters through. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Dame Brian, can you tell the AGs where they can follow you on social, all that and more? I am on all social media platforms at Brian J. Moylan. Thank you so much, Mr. President. And guys, you can sign up for the Andy Scrolls Patreon at patreon.com slash Andy Scrolls. Number one way to support the pod. Two bonus episodes going up this week. So um, Kiki or Yonder. <laughs> I love saying or Yonder unnecessarily. At patreon.com slash Andy Scrolls. Follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley. Send me your satchels of gold, your thoughts and feels, questions and concerns about all things Potomac, which I will be uh, deep diving soon, and Beverly Hills, Miami. If you want to talk a little Salt Lake, I'm here for you. VPR. Um, I am excited to read them. Please include your first name in town. They may be included in an upcoming Satchel Spectacular. And again, your Satchels of Gold are your thoughts and feels, questions and concerns about all things Bravo, Housewives, TV, and more. Uh, Thanks to Dame Brian for joining. Did I say Instagram at Dame Galley? I don't remember if I did. And uh, listen, guys, we will chat with you soon. Bye-bye.